Let's go into a creepy-looking warehouse in the middle of nowhere. On Halloween, you say? Gee whiz, that sounds like a great idea. In the pitch black? No thanks. Seriously, I am not going. Alright, how about we watch a film about one instead? Um, I'm still not loving the idea, but what the hell. Welcome everyone to Scaring Sam. I'm James. And I'm Sam. And if you hadn't had guessed, today we are discussing Haunt. 2019. (laughs) And let's go straight into the plot. On Halloween night, Harper and her group of friends decide to venture into an extreme haunted house attraction. All the while, her abusive boyfriend is hot on her trail. The night soon turns deadly as the haunt's hosts start to pick off the friends one by one, until Harper is the last one standing. She's forced to overcome her fears and turn the tables on her attackers. So, how did you find this one then, James? If I wasn't informed of the fact, I wouldn't have guessed this was by Scott Beck and Brian Woods, the writers of A Quiet Place. Unlike that film, the concept for Haunt doesn't feel that original. They tried at least to shake things up with the slasher genre, but it's almost impossible to avoid the cliché formula completely. Mm. The characters are forgettable. I even forgot some were killed off as the film went on. (laughs) And of course, being the obvious final girl, Harper is the only one given a solid backstory. And... Having Eli Roth's name attached to this film, for some that would be a selling point. But for me, it's a testament to the low quality horror I'm forced to contend with. I know Roth is an avid lover of the horror genre, but I haven't seen him inject that passion into his own films. They tend to rely on too heavily on gore instead of genuine suspense. And they're usually cluttered with two-dimensional, unlikable characters I find impossible to invest in. Gore needs to be used effectively in horror to hit the mark. Either use it minimally or in a slapstick manner. Never as your main selling point. I'm used to mowing down pedestrians and high Krishnas in Grand Theft Auto when I was 11. It takes a lot to get a response from me when it comes to violence and gore. I sound like a right psychopath now. (laughs) But that's just video games, guys. I'm not doing anything in real life. Calm down. (laughs) But, saying all that, I will admit Haunt is more suspenseful than I was expecting. And yet, it's gory, but it's not gratuitous. And with Roth's name attached, I was expecting more. I thought the gore would be glorified, but the camera doesn't linger for too long. I don't think it needed to linger for too long, to be honest. So, Sam, what did you think? Engrossed in the film, I didn't actually get many notes. Um, In a way, I kind of enjoyed it. Am I coming around to actually enjoying horror films? Or am I just okay with this type? (laughs) Maybe you're a closet gore hound. What's that? Someone who likes gory entertainment. Oh, I didn't know that was a thing. And now you do. I don't really mind that much gory stuff, but there, there were a few bits... In the film where I was like, oh. There's a lot of head trauma. Yes, there definitely is. And I think that was intentional. And, um, yeah, so there was a few bits that I didn't really want to look. Um, As you said, the characters weren't very memorable. But they were just normal kids. There wasn't anything kind of special about any of the characters. And as you said, 
we're only um, kind of following one character heavily. Um, but we can all possibly relate a little bit to a little part of each character, I think. And, of course, the pretty blonde girl dies first, doesn't she? <laughs> She's blonde? Wasn't she blonde? Exactly. I've already forgot <laughs> what she looks like. The one in, like, the pretty dress. She wasn't really dressed in, like, Halloween stuff. She was dressed as, like, a um, 19... Was it, like, 1920s or something? Like, a, the flapper girl thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, she was. Yeah, like, um, Great Gatsby style. yeah. I was thinking, why do I think she was a cheerleader? Oh, I don't know. That's what I'm thinking, forgettable <laughs> characters. Yeah, so she dies first, and then it's all a bit of a, a spree to get the rest of them out, isn't it? There's a few jump scares. It's. I think it was set up in a good amount of time. It, the, the beginning part didn't feel like it dragged at all. And personally, I don't think I'd like to go into any small confined spaces after watching this. Um, and... There was a bit in the film where the main girl, <laughs> she stomps her foot on a nail and out of all of the things that you could say, James, you say, that needs a tetanus shot. <laughs> well, health and safety would have a field day at this place. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just being realistic. Yeah. Um, but I was thinking a lot... In a lot of it, like, no, don't do that. Why are you doing that? Like, don't you realise you're in a horror film? Um, but I wasn't expecting them to dress one of... What was the main girl's name? Harper. Harper, yeah. See, that's how memorable they are. Yeah, so I wasn't expecting them to dress up Harper's um, housemate in the zombie outfit. Because then she kills her, doesn't she? Yeah, I mean, knowing it's her. I know we're jumping back and forth in terms of the plot, but you don't expect that. You just think it's some other person coming after because, just like the characters, there's a lot of antagonists coming after them as well. It's not just one killer. Mm. And they all got the typical classic monsters. You've got a witch, you've got a devil, you've got a ghost. What else is there? Vampire. So there's, is there a vampire? Clown. Clown. So, oh, again, there's too many. Two-dimensional characters just mm. all over the place in this film. So it's hard to keep track of who's in it, but... Yeah. Normally you have, like, one main killer, don't you? Yeah, one main antagonist. But yeah. they kind of, like, dilute it down so you get a number of pretty much forgettable killers. But I think the selling point, if you can't rely on the characters, is the attractions of the haunt. They're more memorable for me. You have... Trapped in a coffin filled with spiders. Mm, great. Yes. <laughs> of course, Sam didn't like that. No, I did not. <laughs> and then you got crawling through a claustrophobic maze of tunnels. Again, I didn't like that. And once again, Sam didn't like putting your arm through a hole to guess the no. body part. Why would you do that? I automatically thought, no, the first one that puts their hand through... That will be fine. And then after that, no, they're going to get their fingers chopped off or smashed or something's going to happen. Or like, oh, yeah, on one point I thought, um, yeah, they're going to get like their handle um, mashed up. Handle? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean. That's, that's where it escalated. First, the characters pretty much unintentionally watched someone getting tortured 
And so that was that was from the group before, though, wasn't it? Yeah. They were none the wiser. No. And then they put the hand through the holes and one of the characters ends up getting their arms slashed open. Oh, yeah, that was not nice. I didn't like that. And then that's when it began to escalate and then they were forced to watch their own friend get tortured and killed. Yeah, she got like a, a got rod what, through flaming her Flaming rod through yeah. the head. Lovely. So I think Sam was hoping that this year's local haunts would be cancelled and sometimes wishes do come true. Mm. But can't we go next year? No. Oh, what? Well, yeah. you can go. I'm not going. This film didn't sell it for you. No. Well, I've Completely never... Completely the opposite. <laughs> I've never been and I... And you've definitely never been to one. So I think it would be an experience for the both of us. Well, at this current moment, I'm saying 100% no. <laughs> So it could bond us closer together through self-deprecating fear. Lovely. Mm. Imagine the relief and catharsis we feel after. Must be like smoking 20 packs of cigarettes. Because we survived the experience. No. See, the thing is that this kind of thing could be realistic. This could, this could actually happen. There are some disturbing people out there. Who knows that one of those people aren't going to be in an actual haunt well, if you're an idiot who picks up these crappy photocopied posters advertising this place, you've kind of got what you're asking for. Why are you going in the middle of nowhere to this decrepit warehouse masquerading as a haunt? And with a creepy clown out the front. Exactly. I don't know, but I still don't want to go to one. <laughs> well, haunts aren't prevalent in the UK as they are in the States. Over here, probably the most popular is... Tully's Shocktoberfest, which by the sounds of it, there's no way in hell I'm going to encourage Sam to go to. I can't even encourage my mates to go, and they love horror. So I guess watching Haunt is a consolation prize. But this film, I guess, poorly represents the spirit of the majority of real-life haunts. The closest that resembles this film's experience is Mukami Manor, formerly in California, which prides itself on an extreme full-contact haunt, which borders on voluntary torture. Oh, great. Yeah, before one can enter, there's a physical exam, a background check, a phone screen, a 40-page waiver, <laughs> and a drug test. And then participants have to watch nearly a two-hour documentary featuring every person who has attempted to haunt in the past two years. And then they are put through a mentally and physically potentially traumatising experience that can last up to ten hours. Oh, my God. And... What the hell are people thinking? You tell me, Sam. I'm pretty sure, based on documentary I watched, the um, the only fee to get into it is to donate dog food, which they then donate to dog shelters. But what? Yeah, so that you don't even That's pay. So random. Yeah, but at least you're not paying to get um, tortured. Well, of course, there's an online petition with over tens of thousands of signatures urging state officials to shut down the attraction because, of course, you would. And you can even see the videos on YouTube. They upload them. Of people getting tortured? Well, voluntarily they, tortured. But are they getting physically... Well, it's full contact haunt. It's not like these other ones where people jump out on you. They're, like, grabbing you. They're duct-taping your faces. They're pouring some spiders on you. I think they're, oh they, they do stuff God. that borders on, like, um, waterboarding. You name it. And, like, like I said, it's physical and mental because it lasts up to ten hours. Why would you sign up to do something? Exactly. But then people come out of it and they're, like... I said, this, there's this catharsis afterwards. They're like, they love the experience afterwards. Not mm. during, I guess, but 
maybe it's like an adrenaline rush. What, like for 10 get, hours, though? Well, maybe it's something similar to a roller coaster ride where you're absolutely shit scared at the beginning. And, um, and then when you come off it, you're like, yeah, that was great. Oh, but after 10 years of like... That 10 must, years? No, 10 years. <laughs> well, it must, feel, it must feel like 10 years afterwards. But I mean, after 10 hours of endless, ceaseless trauma, you're going to wish it to end. Mm-hmm. You're not enjoying it in the moment. Well, hopefully they have a code word. Like banana hammock. Fling and flangin'. <laughs> but then to upload videos on YouTube... They must feel like ridicule, unless they see it as their 15 seconds of fame. I don't know. I mean, I can't, I wouldn't do that. I don't understand the sense in it. Well, I wouldn't do the ones that are over here, let alone anything else. Not yet. Mm. Maybe, maybe, maybe <laughs> next year we can. Oh, you can hope. You can hope. So, going back, going back to this film... Um, the way we actually move through it, it's kind of like a maze, I feel. Um, we're going back and forth and you don't really know what's going to be on the next side of um, the door or the wall or the the hole in the floor, the tunnel. <laughs> like, where are we going? <laughs> what what torture's next? Yeah, what violent encounter are we going to encounter yeah. next? Who's going to die next? Did anything actually scare you or make you jump not really i mean the sound was clearly amplified on the speakers Mm. so it forces you to jump but no i mean obviously it's clear from the start that harper was going to survive the experience Mm. and it probably might have shocked me if she was killed off and then some other character took her place as the final girl but that didn't happen and no, so very very stereotypical, you think? Yeah, like I said, it's very difficult to avoid the cliches of the slasher formula. I mean, if you go too far, you're not going to draw in the audience of the kind of people who want to see this film. Mm. But having all these characters on both sides, good and bad, I don't think that's the selling point. I mean, it's great to have all these people dressed up, and I loved it when they took off their masks and revealed their true faces. Well, true faces that were... Well, horribly, horrifyingly... <laughs> what's the word? Horrifyingly disfigured. Yes. By disfigured choice. Disfigured is definitely um, the correct term, isn't it? Um, but going back to the music, um, do you think that if if the music wasn't actually like on there, yeah, maybe had sound effects or something, but if it wasn't there, it would have the same effect? It would... Keep with the suspense of it? No, because that's one of the strongest points of horror, isn't it? It's the use of sound. Mm. Are there any horror films out there that don't include music? A Quiet Place. Oh, yeah. And again, that was considered an original horror. Yeah. Because it it didn't have any music. Oh, yeah. And it's interesting to think this comes from the same people who wrote that film. Mm. But one's... An original horror. And the other one is this dud. So looking looking into film music for horror films, they use a lot of like harsh, discordant and unexpected sounds and music. And 
apparently that's meant to imitate the um, screams of frightened animals. Mm. Yeah. Um, so it goes, it focuses on our primal nature. It does, yeah. And I also found out that a um, there was a study that involved a composer, um, Peter Kay, that was done at Kingston University in London. Um, they looked at music in films, just in general, um, and special effects and screams and stuff. And apparently horror films have more screams from females compared to like adventure films that have more from men. And horror films also have more abrupt shifts in pitch than any other genre. So is that making un- us uneasy? Well, to follow that up, apparently some horrors use infrasound, which is inaudible to the human ear, but it's meant to bring this sense of unease. Oh. So they like kind of pump it in and that take, make, take, makes you uncomfortable. Yeah puts you on edge and you don't know why so again it's that anticipation yeah they're feeding it to you unconsciously oh, that makes sense actually so again it's another clever use of sound yeah like targeting our primal nature oh i wonder then in a quiet place whether they had that because if you can't hear it it's entirely possible i mean obviously the the way they directed it, the way they structured the set pieces added to the suspense. Mm. When you've got a pregnant woman giving birth in a bathtub, trying to not make a sound while a creature that targets its prey through sound is creeping upstairs, of course mm. that's going to bring suspense. Of course. Mm. So another thing as well, um, so this isn't music related, but there's an, um, obviously they're wearing a lot of masks and... I find that quite uneasy because you're not seeing someone's face. You can't see their emotions and their reactions. Um, Which harks back to Michael Myers again. Yeah, it does. But I think the message we're meant to take from Haunt is the deceptive nature of masks that others wear around us. Mm. Whether it's an abusive boyfriend who first appeared nice or a murder house masquerading as an extreme haunt. Sometimes what we uncover under the facade can be much more horrifying. So it pays to be cautious, I guess. As the devil said to Harper, Such a pretty mask. Let's take it off and see who you really are. Which, again, she repeats at the end. Yeah, she does, doesn't she? But she didn't take off that clown's mask. She blew his head off. It's another way of taking his yeah. mask off, isn't yeah, it's it? a good way to find out who he is inside. <laughs> As Mitch the ghost Kept on going, do you want to see my face? And he finally took off his mask and he looked like a melted candle. And speaking of a melt, we come back to Harper's abusive boyfriend. He served no purpose to the plot other than to be granted the most violent death. I don't know if that's meant to be karma or something. (laughs) Yeah, death by clown. Sledgehammer to the face. What a way to go. I mean, Harper... Oh, I suppose that kind of... So I suppose that kind of links with um, Harper's black eye. <laughs> That's a good point, yeah. And again, all the violence tends to be focused on people's faces in this film. Mm. It must be intentional. It must be this whole symbolism of masks and faces. Yeah. But Harper isn't even given the chance to confront her abusive boyfriend. I don't think she even knows he's dead at the end. She just finds his car. But wouldn't you question that? You just find your I think boyfriend's... After, after everything she's dealt with, she doesn't give a shit. Getting in here, going. <laughs> and after hiding under the bed from the devil, 
which reminds Harper of being a child avoiding her abusive father, mm. that's when she begins to turn things around in a final act and stand up to her oppressors. So why wouldn't you have her finally confronting her boyfriend? I mean, I think that would be quite satisfying to the audience. After everything yeah, agree, she's actually. dealt with, or maybe that's just a way of um, showing how weak and inferior her boyfriend really is, just to be killed off senselessly without any of the other characters even knowing he was... And in a matter of seconds yeah. as well. Because no, none of the other characters know he even came to the warehouse after. No. And all, all he gets is a glance. She just glances at him and then leaves. Um, without even realising that it's him. This was the first time that we both watched this film, so what did you think and would you watch it again? It's a reasonably decent horror with plenty of gore, revolving around a great setting that constantly delivers suspenseful moments throughout. Mm. You just have to suspend your disbelief in regards to how idiotic these dull, forgettable characters are. (laughs) It's a shame the writers cluttered the film with such unlikable cannon fodder I wish they spent a little more time injecting him with personality the same way they did with their clearly signposted final girl. But if you can overlook these glaring floor, then it's an enjoyable Halloween ride. So, what did you think? Um, do you know what? I don't really know what to say about this one. It was, it was an okay watch. I didn't really find it that scary. It was a bit gory in places, so if, if you like, gory films then yeah and you haven't got anything else better to watch then yeah give it a go but I wouldn't watch it again and no it didn't scare me shock horror (laughs) 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 on that bombshell you have been listening to scaring Sam with James and Sam and you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at scaring Sam pod and you can contact us at scaringsoundpod at gmail.com. And please, rate and review us wherever you listen to your podcast. It's always appreciated. And also, let us know what you think of um, James's creative artwork on Instagram. Oh, I'm blushing. Thank you, Sam. <laughs>